Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome back to the Axon Bulletin. It's Tuesday afternoon. It's myself taking the Cornwall, joined by Natasha Miko and Patrick McGill. I think we should maybe call this like the passport episode or the kind of holiday travellers episode as the three of us seem to be um, in and out of the, the country. But um, here we are. It's it's Tuesday. We're all in Scotland. I think we're all in Scotland. Um, Patrick, you and I were over in Ireland for the football at the weekend. Um, do you want to give us a wee bit of rundown on it? I'd rather you do it than me. Aye. Um, obviously, the result was a bit of a disappointment, but we had five great days in Dublin. You know, Guinness Factory on the, the Thursday, um, Glasnevin on the Friday, 
grave diggers, the famous grave diggers, John Kavanagh's pub. Saturday, Comanum jail, followed by the disappointment of Scotland losing three nothing. I suppose if they're going to lose three nothing, you know, as we said before the show, you prefer it to be Ireland, personally, anyway. Uh, and then Sunday we sort of we said we'd take it easy, but compared to the rest of the holiday, we took it easy and then home yesterday. So, a great time. Yeah, me and you never really take it easy when we start in the old Guinness, do we? But no, we had a great time. And as you say, um, it was nice to see a couple of Celtic players in action on Saturday in the flesh once again, because I think we're all missing the football a bit. But um, just a pity that they were on the, the receiving end that we got to. Me and you eventually get to see Shane Duffy in the flesh. And what a performance he had. And nearly laid on two goals for Scotland. But um, by the end of the game, he was looking like Big Bacon Bar at the back for, for the Republic of Ireland. But, uh, yep, still a long way to go in that group. But uh, it's not looking too good for the Old Nations League for Scotland at this point in time. Natasha, you were also on your travels to Georges Yakimakis's homeland. Um, did you have a nice time? I did, yes. It was lovely. Um, really great trip. We were in Santorini and Mykonos. So if anyone is looking for some Greek island recommendations, I can certainly recommend those two. Um, it was lovely. Nice weather, nice food, nice cocktails, good time. Um, plenty of sunshine. And yeah, nice to, to get some holidays in while we have no football to be enjoying. Certainly no Celtic football anyway. Well, good stuff. Hopefully we're planning plenty of holidays for Celtic in Europe um, this season because we'll get that golden ticket to the Champions League. But anyway, since we've been last on, there's, there's been a good bit happening. Um, I think the, the one obviously is our tagline is about CCV. You know, we, we now know he's a Celtic player for definite. We're going to see him in the hoops next season. The hoops that we don't know what they're going to look like yet, but we know he's going to be in that pinstripe um, effort away kit. Patrick, which I take that one, I think it's quite nice. I'm just a wee bit disappointed it doesn't go in the back the, the stripes, but I think I even like the letter in the back is like a nod to the old retro uh, front door at Celtic Park, which I take in the away kit. Yeah, just sort of what you said. I was I was a bit disappointed when it first came out, but it has grown on me. Just about every kit is the same with me. I sort of, I'm a bit. Uh, bit hesitant to, to, to start with but the old black in the back you know we have to make it that way for Europe anyway so you're as well doing it for the whole uh, the whole season um, I think it's a belter, uh, the front in particular you know the, the crest as well, it's sort of sitting on a badge of its own um, I really really like it and as you say the sort of broken Celtic lettering from the old door outside the old uh, front of Celtic Park guy magic Yeah absolutely nice um, Natasha, I think you're like me. I think you've any Celtic Adidas stuff comes out, you'd probably go along to the, the <laughs> shop and buy it. It's a nice kit, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. Um, of course, already on the pre-order, I look forward to, to getting that one. Sponsorless, I think, it's going to look really great. That's what I went with. I usually do with, with my, my kits. I usually get them sponsorless, so got it on pre-order. And yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good one. You, you can't go wrong with black. I think black always works. And I know I probably agree with people about the back. The pinstripe should have continued. I get why it's not, but yeah, a really a really good effort from Adidas, and they very rarely have steered us wrong, have they? Um, usually, a fan of the Adidas stuff, I say as I am sitting in Adidas top. But um, yeah, the Adidas stuff's been class. So I think it's another good one. Look forward to seeing what they're going to do with the. The home kit, I mean, there's not really too much variations on the, the hoops that you can do. I believe there's rumours about having a little bit of silver in it this time, maybe on the shoulders, but yeah. we shall see. I look forward to it. Yeah, I think there's some people have been saying that the bags that you've been getting recently, the Celtic shop is going to have that kind of design in it, a wee bit kind of 88 centenary mm-hmm. style, but we, we shall wait and, and see um, what it looks like, as you say, Natasha. 
the, the black kit they had their first season with is just a pity we didn't get yeah, very good results in it. Although, you know, it did save us um, that 3 1 victory at Easter Road we played in it, which kind of gave that bit, that kit a bit of justice. So we'll see how they get on with their next efforts. I also saw a really nice we, we link Kerry Keenan and tweeted it out on Twitter. The, the, the boy that actually designed the kit, you yeah. know, grew up in the 90s, had that kit as a, as a young Celtic fan, and there he was, you know, designing this new kit for Celtic. A real full circle moment, and I'm sure something that he's very, very proud about. But anyway, enough about Celtic kits. That's usually Paul John's gig anyway. Um, and I know, obviously, he's got a book coming out, which I think I'm getting a pre-order too, because I do like the history of the Celtic kits. But back to Cameron Carter-Vickers. Patrick, you and I were... Maybe it'll be on Friday. Um, just hotel room. Grave Diggers pub back in the hotel room about to head out for our dinner. Um, to then to off to Donahue's pub, the famous home of the, the Dubliners. Um, the news came through. We were absolutely delighted. We were. Aye, went out celebrating, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> sure did. Uh, you weren't going to have a drink otherwise, is that right? You were going to have yeah, a quiet one, no drinks to have. Yeah, no. A few uh, waters or something, yeah. You had to, you had to. <laughs> aye. Uh, Phenomenal news. Um, I think it was just just before half past six. Um, I think you know the, the chat for weeks has been all about Jota, and so for that to sort of come out, well, not out of nowhere. We're all expecting him to sign, I think. But you know, in the weeks building up to it, it'd been all Jota to be turn out CCV, brilliant. I think early on the season we were saying he was probably the more important of the signings, and then Jota had a really good end to the season. So you know, with the Champions League money, you want to get both of them over the line, and I think we will. But um, to get one of them in the door so early, I mean, what was that, the 10th of June, the 9th of June or something? Fantastic business. Um, six rising to possibly 10 with add-ons. So at least we know that Celtic are serious this window. I'm glad that they are. I, I thought that they would be. And uh, it's good to see that they're, they're back in Ange. Yeah, Natasha, there's been a lot of chat, obviously, on Jota, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Friday was the day that the transfer window opened officially. I know you've said in the podcast before and I've been in total agreement that it probably wasn't the right time to be, you know, doing deals where we were trying to get that lead title over the line, but we're certainly not hanging about here with Cameron Carter Vickers. He's obviously known this was going to happen because we've seen him in the away kit, meaning that he was, you know, probably in a done deal. I think that away kit shoot was the morning after we clinched the league at, at Tanadise, so his future was already going to be at Celtic Park. He's kept that on the download but it's a really big signing I think for Celtic and he's been so so crucial I think it's almost you know crazy to you know remember that he came in on the very last day in, in August last year along with Giacomakis and, and Jota and where would we have been without those three players last season Oh, absolutely. And I think it's a good statement of intent. There's no messing around. We're just going to get these players um, tied down. If, if I'm honest, I think I was probably expecting Jota to come before Carter Vickers. I think if I had to put money on one of them staying, I would have been more likely to assume that Jota would be the one to stay. Um, I was a little bit on the fence about whether Carter Vickers would. I obviously thought it was massively important to next season that we do keep that continuity at the back, that partnership with him and Starfelt, getting tied down to a deal. Of course, I wanted it, but slightly on the fence about whether he would. I know there was that interest in England, which can obviously turn players' heads. I know his agent, you know, has maybe been trying to, to push him elsewhere. So I was actually quite pleasantly surprised when, when that one was done so quickly and delighted that he has chosen to stay. 
like you said, he already had done the, the modelling and the new kit. I believe this, his interview that Celtic released was filmed before he went on, on holiday with some of the boys. So this has been done for a while, which is actually quite comforting. You know, so while we were all out here speculating about had his head been turned, where was he going? Was it England? Was it this? Cameron himself was relaxing in Ibiza, knowing that his his deal was done and that his future would be at Celtic. So I think that's I think that's a nice thing. It's nice that we've managed to get it done quickly, and it's nice that Cameron wanted to stay and was quite happy to get that deal tied up quickly as well. And I think um, we get him tied down. We're going to come on to talk about some of the other players that we could be bringing in, but the next one surely has to be Jota. And of course, there's been holidays. I know Jota's been in America. We've seen him playing football with people over there in the Celtic kit, which very much looks like a man who wants to stay at Celtic. But it would be nice to get that announcement out soon. Yeah, um, maybe just wait for that home top to drop. It seemed quite fitting that the way top came out, we get the, you know, everybody jumped on with the pre-orders and then later on that day, there's a big man in the away top. So maybe they might see Jota as the, the breaking news whenever that home top drops. I agree with what you're saying there, Natasha. I think Brown Warrior and a lot of Celtic fans probably are in agreement there. You know, that interest from Newcastle and other clubs down the south was a bit of a worry. Um, there was also the other side of that, that, you know, being out at so many clubs on loan, he'd found the home at Celtic. I think that was really, really important for him as a player and a person. And a lot of the stuff we'll probably come on to coming out, especially in Matt O'Reilly's recent interview, uh, talking about Ange and you know, his relationships within the, the dressing room. Everything just sounds great in there. Um, but Patrick, as Natasha says there, you know, Big Man was off sending his cell in Ibiza. Me and you saw a lot of bunnets when we were in Dublin. Um, we know Jota likes a bunnet. He had one on in that flight when he was going out with, with Carol Starfield out there. Surely, you know, if one's in the door, it's also a good sign that, you know, anything holding Jota back, looking at Vickers' pen and paper on a good deal, shouldn't it really shouldn't make Jota hesitant to come to Celtic. Yeah, he was out there in Ibiza, wasn't he? With yeah. Carter Vickers, so they're obviously After that, relatively an close. After flight journey. Aye, well, I remember that one. Aye. Uh, aye, aye, I mean, it, it bodes well, doesn't it? And that Matt O'Reilly interview, I'm sure we've all seen it on Twitter, uh, certainly snippets of it anyway. You know, he says he can sit down for lunch with anyone, whereas in other clubs that doesn't happen. There's sort of cliques and friendships and stuff. And uh, it's good to know that the dressing room's so united. Uh, and everyone's sort of like pally with each other. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think we, we all think here that, you know, Jota will sign, we hope he'll sign. Um, he seems to be enjoying himself, as you say. He's playing football abroad with a Celtic top on, that can only be a good sign. Um, and I, looking forward to him modelling the, the hoops uh, when, when that eventually comes out, because I'm hoping that's going to be a, a trend where we announce new signings along with new kits. Yeah, um, that would be very, very nice and I think, you know, for, for Celtic's pocket, um, it would also be very nice because I'm sure when other folks seem Vickers and that away top, if they hadn't already pre-ordered it, I think that would have made a few people move to do it. But, you know, Patrick, as you say there, you know, this is from this Mark O'Reilly interview, he says there's usually quite a lot of cliques, but at Celtic I feel like it could be sat at a dinner table with any of them and have a good time, which is cool. We also went on to say I've already genuinely got a good few of my best mates at the club, which is pretty cool. Hey, I hang around with Carol, Anthony Ralston, Josip. But then again, I honestly probably hang about, hang out with half the team, which shows enough about our culture. I also went on to spoke, speak about when Ange speaks, everyone listens. So it all sounds very positive in there. It all sounds very good. And I think if there's any doubt in Jota's mind about signing for Celtic, everything is in place for him to, to be our player. So I'm trying to keep the positivity going. We've got one in the door. Hopefully he's the one to follow. Whether that's modelling the new home kit or not, we shall see. 
Um, but Natasha, one person who have been linked by very recently is um, Vinicius Souza. You know, the Brazilian has been playing out in, in Belgium, I think. Um, but what's your take on this one? You know, we saw Anthony Joseph come out with a tweet last week saying that Celtic were on the lookout for a defensive midfielder. Do you think that's going to be a position that we're definitely going to look to strengthen? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably one of the key positions. I think a lot of the fans are more likely to appoint it to left back, perhaps, is one of the positions we wanted to strengthen. But I think a lot of the sounds Andrew's making, and if you listen to a lot of what he was saying towards the end of last season, I think his key position was actually that defensive midfield. I don't think we really have anyone suitable to playing in that system. And if you do have someone in that position... That allows McGregor to move slightly further forward and I think we get the most out of McGregor when he does push up slightly. But the problem right now is that we don't really have anyone in that defensive midfield position, particularly now that Nier Beaton has, has left the club. So I think it's important that we do get someone in that role. Um, a lot of people suggested that it might be Idiguchi, but haven't seen enough of him really to make the call about whether that can be his sort of role or not. Um, it certainly isn't going to be someone like Soros. I think he's too far out the picture for that. Maybe going to Cyprus, we never know. Hopefully yeah. the weather might do as a turn with that. <laughs> so I don't think we've got anyone naturally fitting there at the moment and I think it would really suit Angie's setup and the way he likes to play if we did have that sort of player there. So in terms of Souza, to be honest, you know, like probably many of the fans don't know a lot about him, you know, haven't seen him, you know, particularly play other than the clips that we've seen since we've been linked to him. But unlike previous transfer windows, perhaps I do have a lot of confidence in in Ange and the setup that they will bring in the right players. I think you just have to look at their track record in January and then before that. I don't I can't really point to a signing of, you know, Angie's that I think hasn't quite worked out. Um, you know, maybe James McCarthy, maybe Liam Scales, but I don't know how much we can attribute either of them to the Ange Postacoglu signings. But in general, the players that Ange likes, that he wants, really do work and fit a system. So if he thinks that this is the player that he needs in to play in that role, then I'm excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the two that you mentioned there didn't play a big part of the season, but they've had, you know, Scales popped up with that goal at Tannadice. Yes, it's sealed the deal, but he's came in, he's played some game time. McCarthy, I thought, played very well in Boxing Day. They've had their wee part. Yeah, they've not been, you know, massive additions to the team. But as you say, you can't really point to any specific Ange Postacoglu signings and say any of them failed. So anybody that you're getting linked with just now, you're pretty confident that, you know, they'd probably be a good fit at the club and they would slot in quite nicely. Patrick, you said to me, you know, this boy's a really good player, um, 22-year-old. What, what was your take on this? Is this a, a really key position, especially in the Champions League? We, we need somebody in there just because I think with the way we play, although Callum McGregor plays that role very well, I think a lot of Celtic fans and possibly Ange Postacoglu might like to see him just drift forward that wee bit or even like to play two holders a wee bit more in the Champions League. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm basing that totally on a it's a, it's a, it's a graph from uh, an account called Boys Analytics on Twitter who, you know, you, you can see, I think we all know who Boys Analytics are, it's like a circle, and then you've got McGregor in red and DeSouza in blue. And in terms of defensive de- statistics, DeSouza is just this absolute monster. Whereas you can see, sort of McGregor looks McGregor looks makes Callum McGregor look like a bad player when we know he isn't. But defensively, this DeSouza guy just brings so much more to the team in comparison. And you see, it's not really McGregor's game to sort. Of, I mean, he can do it, he can stick in, but it's all about sort of controlling the tempo and sort of opening the channels up and finding players and 
forward positions. That's what McGregor's what McGregor's good at. This Souza guy apparently is is uh, sort of off the charts good at sort of breaking up play, uh, interceptions, just all the defensive jobs that we would need at the top level. You know, we've not really had someone like that, in my opinion, since you know one Yama. You know, Brown reached those levels every couple of seasons, but we've not had a player like that since one Yama. Uh, mm. And you know, as you say, it leaves the squad in a. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. In a healthy but a bit strange position because, you know, you've brought Adeguchi in and we keep on saying every week that we've not done that by accident. We've definitely brought him in for some reason. But looking to sign another defensive midfielder, you're leaving yourself with two great players in every position, which is good, but it's just a matter of how you keep all those players happy. Yeah, absolutely. Brown Warriors came in here to say that you don't have to have to move McGregor forward up the park to bring a defensive midfielder. All you need to do is to go from a single pivot to a double pivot um, with a 10 in front as you had to Brown and McGregor under Rodgers and Lenny. Absolutely. And I think that was why Olivier and Cham was such an important signing for Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers coming into that 17-18 season. Just a pity we didn't really add anybody else in, um, which was... You know, one of our downfalls in that Champions League campaign and after that Dominic's come in here to say he thinks I'm still getting hydrated after the weekend Dublin you can absolutely bang on yep. it'll take um, a lot longer than this to oh, hydrate oh, you after that terrible oh, <laughs> terrible Patrick's a terrible influence in me um, yeah <laughs> everything seems good at this point in time and I think so that you know whether he's going to play in there himself whether he's going to play in a double pivot you know as Bryn Warrior said in the comments it's interesting but as you say Natasha We've got absolute faith in Ange Postecoglou that he will bring in players that will suit him, suit the club, suit his style of football. And again, we've already strengthened in that department, bringing in Matt Lowell um, to head up recruitment. You know, we're making these moves and we're not stopping, um, as Ange famously, of course, says. But we aren't stopping and we're, we're strengthening departments, we're strengthening um, as a football club as we go forward and everything bodes well going into this season, which is great. We're, we're quite chilled out about that. Um but yeah, on Callum McGregor, happy birthday to him, 29. It almost seems as if he's been around a lot longer than that, even though, you know, Patrick, you rightly pointed out, he never broke into that Celtic first team until probably later on, as people expected after that loan deal eh, down at Notts County. But again, he's going to have a big season wherever he plays for Celtic next year because he's he's such a big character um, at, at the football club. So it's happy birthday to Callum McGregor. Um, one man we know is a big character and was one of those standout signings for Ange Postecoglou was Josip Juranovic, Natasha. Had that wee injury, he's came back, he played life back last night for Croatia. From what I watched, absolutely outstanding, you know, and I think that was the first time Croatia had beaten France in her history. Yeah, 
absolutely fantastic. Um, you just have to to look at his stats. I was actually watching a different game. I was watching the Australia-Peru game last night. Um, obviously, no no particular Celtic players to watch of note in there, but it was an interesting one as they both went for a, a World Cup spot, which went to, to penalties. And if anyone hasn't watched the, the penalty shootout, please do for Redmayne and goal just alone. Um, so I'm, I'm side-barring here, but Australia brought on a goalkeeper in the last minute of extra time just for the penalty shootout. A guy who's never played outside Australia, 34 years old, had only played for Australia twice just for the purpose of the penalty shootout to get them to the World Cup. And if you haven't watched it, then go ahead and do because his antics are interesting. And to be fair, they worked because Australia now have their World Cup place. So happy about that because it will make Ange Postacoglu happy. So... That is all good from me. But in terms of our own players, um, obviously Juranovic playing in that Croatia game, great to see them get that victory against France. But even more so, looking at the stats from after it of, of Josip Juranovic, I read somewhere that he had an 87% passing accuracy, won 100% of his tackles. And that's him playing over at left back as well. And we know Celtic have a slight left-back issue at the moment. That's maybe an area we want to strengthen in. It's nice to know that Juranovic performs so well in that position, as we've seen ourselves throughout the season. Obviously, we think he's better at right-back, so we want to utilise him there. But it's nice to see that not only uh, uh, you know, domestically for us, but internationally for a team like Croatia, he's really standing out as a top-quality player. That can only be encouraging for next season. And obviously we lost them through injury for the sort of latter stages of this season. So excited to see what another full pre-season for him can do and another good run in the team because I think he's a real quality addition to the squad. Yeah, and again, like, you know, Yakimakis got his goal for, for Greece the night, cracking header. Um, Matt O'Reilly played well for the, the Danish under-21s. Everyone... Maybe apart from even the Scotland players, I thought Ralston did okay at the weekend. Um, McGregor as well. Everyone seems to be in a very good, strong end to the season, which bodes well again, as you say, the tackle going back into that that pre-season. What something Yakimaka said after the game was he was frustrated. He scored in his debut for Greece and hadn't bagged the goal since. So I think that kind of put another line under his, um, you know, incredible second half of the season. It was absolutely pivotal. He still took going to win the league. Um, but as you say, the again, congratulations to Australia. They will be at the World Cup unlike of ourselves. Um, I think that's five World Cups in a row. I'm sure you have qualified for. Obviously, Ange Postecoglou being one of the, the, the main men in between that. But, um, yep, the wiggle goalkeeper is one of our commenters. Dermot's came in here to say. So, yeah, it's well worth a watch for that. It's always a risk, Patrick, bringing on a goalkeeper so late in a game like that. But he's came on, he's made the big save and I sure he's going to the World Cup. And, you know, I mean, it's nice. Even though Tom Rogic wouldn't be our player, if he's out there, I'm sure we'll be tuning in to watch him. And we'll be wanting to still get to do well. We never know. We might have some some more Aussies uh, on our side going forward there. Just on Juranovic, Patrick, you know, Natasha says the stats absolutely showed how good a quality player he is. This is the type of quality I think we need in this Celtic team if we're serious about the Champions League. Would you agree on that? Totally. Uh, I think Juranovic has been one of our most consistent players. Uh, you know, he's deputised for us at left back as well this season when, you know, everyone was injured at left back. Uh, he's done really well. You know, it's fair to say he's the best creation right back and the best creation left back. Um, that's <laughs> clearly the creation manager thinks so. Um, and I, he's just he's very very reliable going forward. He's a bit limited um, because obviously he can't get that quick cross in on his left foot. Um, he's a penalty, though. He does. He does. Um, 
he can't, he can't sort of go forward, sorry, work crosses in and sort of cut it back with his left foot as quickly as he can on his right, but obviously he's not left-footed. Um, but, you know, defensively solid either side. Um, you know, the 3-0 derby in February, you know, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's hard to pick out a standout game because he's phenomenal in just about every game, but uh, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, and uh, if we could have that at, at the left side of uh, uh, the, the team, that would be brilliant as well because, you know, Taylor has, has been phenomenal, but behind him, you know, there's no one there's no one really there that you can trust at the at the top level, in my opinion. Yeah, you need something to push Greg Taylor, I think, as well, as, as I keep saying in this one. You know, whether it's Liam Scales in that position, who we know is linked with that move to Aberdeen, um, Adam Montgomery's coming back from his loan deal at Aberdeen, whether he's going to go back out loan or, or in the plans, I, I don't know. Um, volleyball and goalie, does it look as if he's probably you know, going to be anywhere near the first team next season? So we don't really have anybody there that's going to push him. Or probably the person pushing Greg to that left back is going to be Juranovic, but you want to make sure that he's a stick on a right back on that side. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, Greg Taylor, he's had an excellent season for Celtic, but I think it's only going to improve him as a player to bring somebody else in. Natasha, one, I still, you may know, may well be linking up a French post to Koglu uh, next season as uh, Harry Cool. But we should take this. Obviously, we, we know all about him and mm-hmm. playing days at, at Liverpool and Leeds. Um, who's your take on this one? Listen, again, for me, it comes down to if Ange Postacoglu wants someone in, be that on the pitch or in his backroom team, then I'm happy for him to get him. Um, he's obviously looked at the team he has. Um, he's been quite happy to go through the season with Kennedy. Um, he's kept McManus about, must highly beat him. Strachan's obviously involved. And it's obviously, it's, it's went well this season, it's worked. But if he's looking at that and thinking, right, next season I want to bring in someone else, maybe someone slightly more attacking minded. I'm not ever I'm not sure we ever really replaced Damien Duff's experience once he mm-hmm. moved on. Um, you know, you the the defence the setup's currently probably a little defence heavy. Maybe mm-hmm. he's looking for someone who has a bit more of an attacking mind and maybe that's what Harry Cool's gonna bring. But for whatever reason he's decided that he would enhance um the setup that he has, then great. If he wants to bring him in then I'm absolutely all for it. I think we're we're sort of recruiting in a, a couple of positions at the moment as well. I believe that we're looking for a an analyst as well. So mm, they are certainly idea. yeah, they are certainly looking to enhance and increase the backroom setup. I don't know if that means that anyone then leaves. I don't know if Harry Cool's just another seat on the bench or he's taking someone's seat. Obviously we've seen Gavin Strachan being linked with some moves away, although that's all went slightly quiet recently. Maybe he's coming in to replace him or maybe he's just an addition. Either way, if Ange wants him in, if he thinks it's going to help him, then excellent, all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick, obviously people right away will go, his managerial record is Watford under 23s, Crawley Town, Notts County, Oldham, Barnet. For a lot of people, that's not you know a record which justifies a post at Celtic. But you know, as Natasha says, if, it's, if Ange Postacoglu wants this man in the door, you know, Michael Nicholson and, and everyone else in the background that Celtic should be doing everything to make that happen because, you know, I think whatever Ange wants this season, we should be giving it to him. And an ally in there, you know, I think a lot of people that you talk to in football will, will say that's important. Obviously, there was a lot of chat around the season um, 2021, around, you know, Neil Lennon not having his own backroom staff in, as we were led to believe, and then at the beginning of Ange's tenure, not bringing anybody over with him. But um, if he wants to add him in, 
I'm absolutely all for it. Yeah, same here. Um, you know, uh, obviously we don't know a lot about Kiel's management. I've not watched Barnet or Watford under-21s recently. Um, <laughs> when, you know, whenever he was in charge. But yeah, it'll be... Uh, he is Australian, isn't he? I'm right in saying he's Australian. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice to have another Rosie. Um, you know, he's probably missing Tom Logic already. I know I am. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as yeah. Natasha says, only been on about for five days. Natasha, I was in tears and everything. I'm with you, Alan. I miss him every day too. We oh, all do. I know. <laughs> I know what a player he was. What a player he is. Uh, but I, it's, it'll be strange whether or not you don't know, get him started. Like- <laughs> We'll just, how about we just dedicate half an hour to Tom Rogic? Forget what else that lined up, Patrick. We're just going yep. to talk about Tom Rogic for the next half hour. Quite right. What a half an half an hour that would be. But as you say, um, need to move on before I start crying. Uh, it's whether he replaces someone or whether he sort of comes in and adds to it. Because I know when he first came in, before McGregor was officially captain, he wanted sort of a group of leaders, a group of captains whether he wants to see my first team coaches, you know, maybe not an assistant, but a group of people to sort of challenge him and stuff. Because obviously he likes the he likes the challenge of convincing people to his way of working. He likes winning people over. He likes having his back to the wall. And you know, he said in the final day of the season he was complimenting everyone, saying thank you and stuff. He says, you know, the backroom staff have been unbelievable. So he obviously likes the backroom staff that he's got at the moment and if Harry Kuehl does come in, which I think he probably will, then, yeah, I'm all for it as well. You know, if Ange likes him, I like him. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got some of our commentators coming in here. Dr Nix in the comments is saying, Harry has experience at an elite level, an elite level club um, at the highest levels and one of the best Aussie players. I think that is valuable to help the young players in the squad, Natasha. That picks up what you were saying about Damien Duff. Um, and Dermot again comes in in our, our comments. I wonder if this is Desmond, if it is. By all means, send us a wee private message on here and we'll get that up there. But uh, maybe not with that profile picture. But yeah, very welcome in the comments. And um, coming in as a coach, not a manager, brings winning the Champions League. Obviously, won it with Liverpool in 2005. Natasha, these are important things to have in your your you know your backroom. No disrespect to John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan, um and Stephen McManus there on that one. But, you know, cool Champions League winner. He's played at the very top level. If Liverpool was a cracking play that leads, um, that can only bode well for Celtic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not too dissimilar for some of the arguments we make about Joe Hart. Um, he came into the squad as a very experienced player and has been monumentally important for the players on the pitch, a lot of the young players, the new back line, and sort of helping with that cohesion and making everyone work together only comes through the experience of playing at the highest level. And we've commended Joe Hart on that. And, you know, Harry Kuhl's not that old, you know. Patrick might not remember who he is, but he's slightly younger than, than me. But um, Harry Kuhl isn't that old. You know, it's not that yeah. long ago that he was playing at that highest level. Um, so that his experience of that is, again, like we've touched on, only going to be beneficial to, to the group of players that we have. And I think, yes, maybe he doesn't have the most glowing record in coaching and, and management and things like that. But a lot of these arguments were made about Ange Postecoglou as well. I know it's that slightly different level, but... You know, Andrew's managing well and, and albeit in different jurisdictions. But a lot of the same arguments were made too. You know, people rubbished his managerial record and he's come in and blown them all away. And I definitely back Harry Cole to do the same thing. Yeah, and I, I, 
Again, same goes for guys like John Kennedy and Gavin Stratton. The people had written off um, after season 2021. 20, you know, they have turned that around and just spoken about how important they've been. I bumped into Steve McManus a few weeks ago and got a good chat with him. And he's been absolutely fantastic. Worked under Ange with the other coaches at the club. And obviously, I think there's a really good relationship between himself and, and John Kennedy having worked together, obviously, um, as players coming through the ranks at Celtic. But yeah, it's good to have these guys around the club and it's good to have these top-level experienced guys there also, too, it can only help um, Celtic. Dermot's joined back in with the party. He says he's got Dermot's grey hair, but no money. Um, <laughs> don't we all wish we had that kind of money? Things, but there we go. Um, so, yeah, Harry Cool, if it happens, I'm expecting it probably will happen. Another good appointment, I think, in the door, and I'm sure he will um, do well at Celtic. Um, in terms of coaching, managerial, we see our old manager, Ronnie Dyla, heading to, to Standard Liège. Uh, Patrick, me and you were on the bus just coming off the, the flight, going back in. We were talking to Sir Alec Ferguson's brother. Bit of a weird airport moment, that Natasha. We met Martin Ferguson coming home on the flight yesterday. I got a good chat with him about Fergie and uh, all things currently at Manchester United just now. But yeah, Ronnie Dyle is heading off to Belgium. I think we all, all Celtic fans wish him well. You know, he's done an incredible job at New York City. He's leaving him top of the league. He's won the cup over there. I think that was New York's first major kind of trophy over there. So he's going to be heralded as a legend and a hero there for all time to come and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in, in Belgium but are you surprised Natasha that he's went back to, to the continent to, to test himself again or do you think he's still hungry no, for think, more success in a different country? I think that's right, I think he's an ambitious guy, again not that old um, relatively young manager um, and I think he's ambitious and I think he probably had a little bit of unfinished business back over European sort of way Congratulations to him for everything he achieved in New York. That's fantastic. But we all know that MLS isn't the same sort of league as a lot of the European leagues. It just isn't, and it's not there yet. But he has done an incredible job regardless. But as a manager, you're going to want to test yourself against the top teams at the top level, and that does just mean coming back over to Europe. Um, and the way that things ended at Celtic, of course, they didn't end badly. We all wished them all the best. It just didn't quite work out at the time. And that's no saying that he wasn't a good manager and a good coach, because I really do think he is. So for him as well, there will be a sense of unfinished business back over here. And he'll want to come over and set that straight and test himself at this level again. And I think he'll do well. I think he will do well. Um, and yeah, absolutely just wish him all the best at that. Another team that got a new manager today, of course, is the team that we will play at Celtic Park first this season. Um, that'll be Blackburn. We're playing them on the 16th of July at Celtic Park. And their new manager as of today is, of course, John Dal Thomason, who I think a lot of us will remember when he brought his Malmo side to Glasgow um, and gave a few very good lines at a press conference. So best of luck to him and his new job as well. And we'll see him at Celtic Park in July. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah, I think he's on a day about your cult. You know, Patrick, yeah. and you're... I know you're a, a bit of a clever lad, as he says, in that, that press conference. Um, yeah, we're going to see him rock up at Celtic Park, which will be quite quite good to see. I think he has already got that cult hero uh, status. But yeah, that's an interesting one. In terms of Ronnie Dyler, Patrick, I think, you know, Standard Liège, they finished 14th last season. If you remember, I have all the real memory of Standard Liège is ourselves playing them in a, a friendly at the start of season uh, 1920. Um but yeah, on standard liage, Ronnie Dyer's got a proven track record in Norway, Scotland and America. I've been a successful football manager, much like Ange Postecoglou. Um, do you think, I personally think he can probably turn standard liage's fortunes around. What's your take on that? Obviously, Bruges has been the more kind of dominant side more recently in Belgium, but there's no reason why Ronnie can't go there and be a success like he's been in three countries already. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, there's a mixed memories from his time here, you know, the, the second season wasn't really up to scratch, but you know he did win the league two times out of two. He won his the league cup as well. He was basically cheated out of a treble in his first season. You know, um, Europe was never his strong point, but domestically we were flying most of the time. Um, he tried to implement a new brand of football, which a lot of the senior players didn't like. But you know, if he's backed and if he's got the courage of his of his convictions, I'm sure he will be a successful manager, whether it be here, Norway, America. Um, you know, could go to Australia, Japan, wherever, wherever he goes. Um, I think he'll he'll do a good job. I mean, you can't get much worse than 14th. I don't know how many places there are in the top division of Belgium, but I mean, if he gets backed with a, a bit of money, you know, I don't know how much money Standard Liège have in comparison to the rest of the teams, but if he gets a bit of money, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll turn their fortunes around because he has a good coach. He's a modern manager. Mm-hmm. You know, he was uh, trying to get our fitness to a place where, you know, when Brendan took over for us, he didn't have a lot of work to do so I I think he'll do really really well yeah and all the very best to him I think we all want Ronnie Diver to, to do well wherever he goes it's another team to look out for as you said Natasha we've got more international teams that we're, we're looking out for now and then we've got more club teams to look out for now um, probably not a club team but we're going to be looking out for to do well as, as Kilmarnock but, but Kieran McEnroy has made that move there. Well, he's not Kilmarnock I mean, you know, I like the transition I, I though, really, I like it. I don't like yeah, it. Well, I, I, I don't really have a lot of time for Kelly and Derek McInnes specifically, but Kieran McEnroy's made the, the jump up the league. Obviously, was it, I think it was at Air United last season. He's one of the guys that's departed Celtic to go to Kelly. Um, you know, for him, it's a, it's a step up. I think Kilmarnock even had a wee cheeky dig at Air United saying you know, he was coming to the best team in Ayrshire or something along those lines, but. Um, yeah, it's another one that's came through the ranks at Celtic. Listen, again, much like guys like Marcus Fraser and whatnot, he's going to be playing at a decent level at the top flight of Scottish football. It's another one out the door and I'm probably sure there will be many more to come. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, all the best to him as well, of course. And that's kind of the way it's going to work, you know, a lot of the guys who are coming through our system aren't going to make the first team at Celtic. Um, for one reason or another, maybe they don't have the ability, they're just not going to make Celtic level first team they're not going to be in the first team squad but that doesn't mean that these guys that we're bringing through and coaching and developing aren't going to have a career in football and that's important you know he's still going to make his living playing football every day at you know top tier of Scottish football so absolutely you know fair play to him 
Um, and it could be good for him. You know, it doesn't mean that this is the highest level he'll reach. It just means it's his level at the moment. Um, and it could be better for his development than continued loan spells here and there, staying at Celtic, um, to actually settle at a club and develop his career from there. He's still very young. Um, Kilmarnock's where he'll be based at the moment. If he has, you know, a good spell there, then then who knows? And works hard. You never know. Um, but yeah, a good move for him. And something that I think we'll probably see a lot more of is trying to trim down players that aren't going to, you know, enhance the first team squad that are sort of on the periphery. Um, there's a whole list of those that we've talked about in previous shows, a long, long list of players who aren't going to be able to break into the team or the squad. And we do need to start looking to offload those. So, yeah, another positive move in the transfer market. Yeah, um, one one move, somebody's just come in the comments to say that the Dan Courts has departed Dundee United. I was quite interested to see, but, but he's off to, he had a, a great season up there at Tannery, so interested to see who gets that job. But obviously one of those players past that he had under his helm has been Benjamin Segrest. So far we've heard that Celtic are in talks with him. In talks, you know, probably means it may well happen. Um, what's your, your thoughts on this one? Because I don't think... You know, it's a position I've always said that's why I think Joe Hart is our most important signing last summer because it's a position I don't think we'll get anybody else that we could play there and be as influential and important. Secret's a good signing for yourself? If it happens, yeah, I'd be more than happy with that. Um, you know, I think, uh, is it Olawayemi? I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Yeah, but, that's you right, know, Toby Olawayemi, yep. The 18, 19-year-old goalie. I know he's, he's meant to be the future, you know, two or three years' time, but He's obviously not the first choice backup just now, so I think in the in the meantime we need to have a backup. Not only that, when he does eventually succeed, Joe Hart, he's not going to have a backup either. So we need another goalkeeper, in my opinion. Um, I don't know how you two feel, but I don't trust Barkas being Hazard at all. Um, I don't think is, he's, uh, he's away right enough. Aye. Um, but apart from Hart, I don't trust anyone at the moment. So. Quite happy to get a good backup, and um, I'm hoping he's not one of these players a bit like you know Zaluska, who has really good games against Celtic, signs for us, and then is a bit is a bit rubbish. Um, I like Zaluska, um, good penalty taker, but aye, I'd be more than happy with see Christian, and it will be interesting who who replaces Tam Courts. I just checked there; he's left by mutual consent, so he's not technically signed for anyone yet. But aye, interesting. Looks if he's going to depart. Um, talking of Polish goalkeepers, I've got my. Arthur Boric's t-shirt on today because Celtic are going to be playing in Big Arthur's um, testimonial. Obviously, our memories, Natasha, of Lidja Warsaw um, aren't probably the, the best. And I remember being in Murrayfield that day and kind of looking over uh, in my left-hand side and thinking, what's going on here? But, um, yep, you know, for Big Arthur, I think it's probably worth it to go out there and play in, in that game. Such an important player at Celtic and it's, you know, I think he's two favourite teams, so all the best to him. I'll be tuning in to that game. I don't think I'd be, be risking the trip out to Poland, which is an absolutely lovely country. Um, I've only been out there once. I've been in Warsaw Airport and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I think I'll give that one a wee yeah. miss. I just watched that one on the telly. Um, but but Segrist, have you seen enough from, from Benjamin Segrist to think that he could probably come in and be a, be a decent backup? Obviously Scott Bain's there, but um don't think there's too many Celtic fans who place too much trust in Scott Bain if he was to come in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Seagrass would be a fantastic bit of business, to be honest. Um, I think he's a really, really good goalkeeper. And if, like you touched on, if you look all over the pitch, one area that we really don't have a reliable deputy in is, is in goals. Um, so if we can bring Seagrass in to do that, 
then I think that's that's fantastic business. If Seagrist is happy to come in and realise that he will be the, the deputy, he's not going to shift Joe Hart out of that spot. But yeah, I think it would be a good move for both parties. So absolutely, you know, agree with, with that move. Um, and yeah, just a word on Artur Boric as well. I think it's it's great that we're involved in this game. Um, it's He was an absolutely brilliant servant to the club. We all do love Arthur um, and just because he loves us I don't think that means the Legia Warsaw fans do and um, we all remember we all remember the Let Football Win debacle so I'm not sure it'll be a, a particularly enjoyable trip for, for any of the fans that make it over but uh, no, it's, it's great we're taking part in it um, we all remember the last time we played Legia that famous 3-0 win a great game at Murrayfield that was um, so maybe we could replicate that I believe though that he is going to play the full match for Legia and not um, not play any for for Celtic, so interesting to see to see what how that goes. But yeah, great for him. Um, great to be taking part in it. Um, I look forward to to watching it on TV from the safety of my own flat. Yeah, hi, absolutely. Um, it'd be quite actually good to to get some old former Celtic teammates in and just throw them in, maybe for for safety precautions. Also, I think. <laughs> Patrick would love nothing better to see Tommy Gravenson go on the hoops or, or something like that again back or even Derek Riordan I'm sure um, I'm sure Boric would love to see McGeady line up again so uh, maybe we oh, can bring yeah. him back for the game um, I'd, I'd be an interesting one to see or even Big McManus mm-hmm. you know I think it's he's one that transcends a bit of time there at Celtic obviously first team coach but a former teammate of, of Arthur at Celtic and John Kennedy so yeah Absolutely all the best to Arthur, whatever he, he goes on to do um, and his future career, whether it's coaching or whatever else. You know, I think at one point, um, I, I don't hesitate to say, I think he was one of the best goalkeepers at Europe under under Gordon Strachan. You know, some top, top performances in the Champions League for Celtic and a great servant to the, to the club by the time he's there. Um, and we'll see what happens on the, on the Seacrest front. Just another couple of bits of transfers. Obviously, we've been monitoring centre-halves. Um, Itakura, one that people are I think just putting bits of the jigsaw together, you know, Manchester City player, probably looking for a bit of time out permanently, obviously at Schalke last season. And um, be interesting to see if anything comes of that. Taylor Harwood, Bellez is another player we're linked with in that position. Spoken about left backs, spoken about the cent- defensive central midfield, touched in Jota, and supposedly we're in the market for a striker. Um, that's all from, from Anthony Joseph on Twitter. So we'll see what comes of that. Um, but we'll move on to our kind of usual wee, wee bit that we've been doing for the past few weeks in terms of Celtic and Europe. Um, as I've said before, me and Patrick try to get it as close to, to recent times as possible so we can remember the, the game because even the names of Tommy Gravidson, um, Paul Telfer and Evander Snowen in Celtic jerseys is a bit too far gone by. I think me and him were just starting school about that time so, you know, it's not easy to remember that far back for me and you. As it passed it, especially when we're feeling a wee bit tender. So, Celtic, 1819. <laughs> you guys feel so old. <laughs> no, well, you know, you're not that old. No. I, don't, I don't know what mean Patrick Deem is old. It's kind of, it's getting a wee bit further on, isn't it? I think Much the old barrier old. thing is, aye, 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 definitely. Um, <laughs> well, Celtic in Europe, 1819 is one, one I think we can remember. Um, qualifiers. It's nice to talk about qualifiers and not have to worry about them. I mean, I've got teams in here like Alice Cup. Rosenberg, our you know our friends from from Norway, who we always seem to get drawn against, AEK Athens and Sudura. Um, Patrick, we'll come to Alice Cup first. I think the standout from this game was obviously back to back final performances, but we get the glimpse of Dembele and and Edward um, up top. But it was a fairly 
comfortable away game and, and home game at Celtic Park. You thought yourself, we're starting something new up top here. Here we go and everything's going to be all right and we'll, we'll start ourselves in for the journey and hopefully we'll get a few additions in um, as we go. Yeah, um, you know, the Celtic sort of teased us with that uh, front two, didn't they? And then sold them barely uh, a month and a half later or whatever it was. Um, but uh, comfortable games. Uh, I think the standout memory for me was watching Hozo Semunovic get sent off within about five minutes um, in the home That's game. Right. Uh, mm. And then I think uh, Dembele scored a penalty that game as well. And I think Forrest did a cracking goal in the away leg. So I um, I think I watched both those games in Barbados and a dodgy stream. But uh, a comfortable game. And I think that those that was the first of the three seasons where we had to play three, uh, four qualifying rounds. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was obviously a, a mountain too high for us because we never managed to qualify in any of those three seasons, um, which, you know, was a bit of a disappointment because I thought we could beat AAK Athens, but not to not to be. So, aye, a comfortable game. Yeah, Forrest scored in both games. Again, to add to that, actually quite remarkable uh, Champions League qualifying games record that he's got scoring goals for Celtic. Get past Alice Cup, fine. We played very well against Rosenberg. Um, and, and the the next game, you know, Edward scored twice. I thought we played very well, and we get a we drew over there, no, no. So that was as Natasha threw. Then it was on to to Athens, and our our friend who was out on loan to Utrecht was of course in goals for three key Athens at the time. The biggest thing I remember about those games was the Bayata debacle. Um, yeah. We hope we don't have any issues like that this season. I don't think we will. That was really, really poor, everything that went around. That obviously ended up coming back. He scored that header against Hamilton um, when he came back that Sunday. It was absolutely last rain. I think if I remember right, he was getting booed by, by sections of the support. It felt, you know, around that time, just felt very strange. I was through it at Tyne Castle when we got beat through there and Kyle Lafferty scored. We looked as if we were in a bit of precarious place at that time after the, the Athens result. We were, and you know the signs were. I remember the signs were coming before it as well. Um, it just wasn't quite right. Um, and Brendan Rodgers has been shouting about it as well. You know, he had been starting to make, you know, noises that he wasn't happy and things weren't particularly gelling behind the scenes. And I think you know, as we were, you know, coming up to this Athens game, there was a bit of a sense that this was, you know, this was a risky one. Um. And Rogers was saying in his pre-match, you know, press conferences leading up to the game that we needed to strengthen, and it's just the same old sort of, you know, Celtic gamble, isn't it? That the failure to speculate to accumulate, as we've seen all too often, we we gamble with that Champions League place. We try to get there by the narrowest of margins, and you know, in this AK Athens tie, we came up one goal short. You know, we one more goal would have done it, um, and we we didn't get it. And I think if Rogers had been allowed to enhance the squad in the way that he'd wanted and the way that he'd sort of hinted at. Then you know you could have got past that Athens team, but again we just didn't do it in time for for these qualifiers, and it was just it was all a bit of a mess, you know, around it at the time. Like you were saying, Boyata was sort of refusing to play, Ayer was suspended for that second leg, so we had this defence of Simonovic and Henry, Edward mm-hmm. was injured, we had to go with Lee Griffiths up top, so you know we weren't, but we weren't far away. We were just a few players short. And Rogers hadn't been able to bring them in. We just missed out on players like McGinn at the time, um, and it just wasn't going particularly well. And I think we could all see that AK Athens result coming a mile off. And I think Rogers included in that. And I think that probably was sort of beginning of the end for him. Um, 
you know, there's frustration with the way that things were going, was sort of, you know, emphasised for all to see in that game. And yeah, we all know what, what happens following that. Yeah, it's a, a kind of a point that you probably look at in the tenure mm-hmm. of Brendan Rodgers, where as you say, there it was the beginning and the end, Patrick. Um, we, we saw the issue there with a particular player. We've obviously heard from Brendan himself um, about you know looking to leave Celtic eventually at the end of that season. I mean, he's not getting back to the transfer market. It almost as if seemed as if he was trying to make a, a point to, to the board, and then you know after the disappointment of that we got to Fur Hill we won in the League Cup then we draw away to Sudova and it was a game where you looked at you scored in three minutes Olivier and Cham scored um, but Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. You know, it was a team we knew from our run to, to Seville in 2003, um, but, you know, it was disappointing to go over there. Obviously, it's a two-legged affair, but I think, you know, as Natasha said, it was probably a point where a lot of us as Celtic fans saw a real stumbling in Celtic. And, you know, I think even now, you're probably quite glad that we didn't get John McGinn after watching him on, on Saturday. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just didn't seem as if everything was was going great around the club, probably up until you beat Rangers and the, 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 the Derby game uh, when Cham get that goal. But then again, the week after, you go to St Murray on a Friday night and draw 0-0. Yeah, and then I think a few weeks after that, we lose one nothing to Kelly as well. And I think after Kelly was the real turning point, cause I think you scaled up a few teams just after that. Um, you get the 1-0 win at against Rosenberg at home, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about. But it was a very strange start. I think that was the worst start to the season in, like, decades. Um, you know, we missed out on McGinn by something like £200,000, which, you know, at the time is very pathetic. Um, Lustig, we'd seen the season before that Lustig uh, was on his way out. You know, he blatantly wasn't good enough, you know, in certain SPFL games, never mind Europe. We were, I think we're linked with Castagna, but I think we're maybe priced out of that. I think they were wanting about eight million or something. Yep. Um, so that never went through. And then when you look at who we actually signed, you know, if you get Benkovic in earlier on loan, you mm-hmm. maybe stand a chance against Athens. But again, last minute loan. Um, we sign Edward, but then we sell Dembele, and then Edward mm-hmm. gets injured. So a bit of a, a bit of bad luck, but you know, you're you're hoping to sort of keep your best players as well. So it was a very it was like another quiet transfer window, which was the same as the summer before. So if you don't strengthen in two windows in a row, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot, and then you go on a bit of a downward spiral after that, don't you? So very disappointing start to the season that season. And uh, you know, thank God we got someone like Sadova in that playoff game, or else you know we might have not get any European competition at all. When we came yeah. into that AK game, the only players that we'd actually signed before that were Edward and Scott Bain, who'd both been on loan the previous season. So, you know, that is not backing the manager to go on and achieve what he needs to, to in Europe. The squad actually wasn't enhanced at all because those two players were already there. We were just securing them on a permanent. So you can understand how Rogers was making the noises he was to the press. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, we're playing Russian roulette, waiting and waiting until the last, and it didn't work out. It was the first season under Brendan Rodgers. We hadn't qualified for the Champions League. It showed the gap, probably, that is, you know, came to be afterwards. And 
that we, we didn't qualify for the Champions League up until you know winning the league this year and we're going to be back in it which is some gap for, for a club like Celtic obviously we do take these gaps it's been seen it happen those two seasons under Ronnie Dyla we bounced back two years after it then we were back in the Europa League um, but then we get, we get to the opening game we get past the do at Celtic Park the opening game Natasha one name I'm going to say to you we're talking about strength in the squad Yusuf Malimbu this was a guy that we brought in um, but we talked about staying from the squad this is the best we could come up with a man I think we took him from Kamarnak actually it really just showed a lack of ambition to, to really do anything we went up in two minutes might have even been a minute and uh, in Salzburg in Austria and we got a doing uh, 3-1 yeah not great <laughs> not that there really isn't much to say to that um, yeah I think if you look at that Malimba signing I mean not only does it show like sort of a lack of ambition in terms of, you know, that's the sort of quality you think is acceptable at the club, it shows a bit of a lack of imagination as well. That in that position, that is the best player you could come up with. And um, given all our extensive scouting of all the various markets, that was the best that we could come up with is particularly disappointing. And yeah, don't get me wrong, I think that the Scottish market is a good one for us to utilise. I think that our transfer you know approach does have to have a sort of double prong in that yes we do look to take some of the better players in the league who we think can enhance the squad as well as look at you know further afield Europe Japan Australia for, for talent too so there's nothing against taking some of the better players from the Scottish market he just wasn't really one of them that was ever going to fit was he and then um, yeah didn't go particularly well no, not at all. Um, we'll try and whiz through some of these because there's not a, a lot of great highlights in it. Um, there's <laughs> one really decent highlight in it. But the, the one probably, you know, I went over to, to Leipzig for the game, flew into to Berlin with my cousin Gary, we got the bus down, had a bit of disaster, smashed my phone, missed the bus back up the road to Berlin, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, that was my real disaster Celtic tip after watching us get gubbed 2-0 um, over there. Two sucker punches, again, half an hour, did okay. They scored 31, 35 minutes and the game's killed. But Patrick talked about strength in the squad. The starting 11 lineup that night was Craig Gordon in goals. Uh, back four that included Jojo Seminovich, Kieran Tierney, um, Christian Gamboa and Dedrick Boyata. And then working our way through the rest of the team, Olivier and Cham, Ryan Christie, Abu Kouassi, Lewis Morgan, Callum McGregor, Nodson Edward. A bit of a mixed bag for a Celtic team, obviously. We go over here, we get beat to nil, we come back. It's kind of the turning point for Ryan Christie is that game at Murrayfield, um, and he scores the absolute cracker against Tarps. But I remember, you know, looking at, at um in uh, Germany and thinking, now oh, what is this? Why, why are we persistent here? And Lewis Morgan too, um, another poor result. But on the flip side, but a positivity we beat Leipzig obviously two one at Celtic Park, which is a really good night at Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. And obviously we've seen what they've went on to achieve as a club, and that yeah. proved I think in that game that we can go up against top teams at Celtic Park and do the business and get a win? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a mixed bag of a season. You know, you get lucky and you get unlucky. I think, you know, you get to the 60th minute when nothing up against Salzburg away, you think they're doing pretty well, but then you totally collapse. I mean, I end up 3-1 by the 85th minute or something. And of course, not to forget, you know, we obviously we signed Morgan in that window and we brought back Izagiri, um, which was oh, yeah. another phenomenal signing um, that summer, which... How could I forget that one, really? Um, a, a starring performance against Valencia uh, in February. Uh, unbelievable. You were waiting in Big Effie rocking back up that season, I think. Aye, aye. 
<laughs> Thank God we never had any more injuries in defence. My God. Um I, the lineups in, in that Leipzig and Salzburg away games, they were they were terrible and it's a miracle we won the league that season actually, the teams that we fielded in some parts of it. But um no, uh, we, we went on, we, we kicked on domestically, but, you know, last minute against Rosenberg uh, at home, and then I think we scored about 15 minutes to go, Rosenberg away, beat home and away by Salzburg, um, beat away by Leipzig, and then, you know, you have that really good game, uh, 2-1 against Leipzig, and you can see about, I think it's something like 12 minutes to go or something, you think, oh, here we go again, we've, yeah. we've let it slip again, and then it's something like 14 seconds for kick-off, we go up and Edward taps it in, and as you say, you know, it got to the stage where we're starting to boo Kouassi in uh, League Cup semi-finals against Hearts. He comes off, he tries to run off an ACL injury or something, and we end up bringing on Ryan Christie, and he, he totally rejuvenates our season, right up yeah. until he gets injured against, um, I think it's Aberdeen in April, in the semi-final. Uh, but aye, uh, very much a mixed bag that season. Yeah, that was the final. He got injured and that was, I think, that bad eye injury he got in that that final uh, that we won one now I think they actually might have scored in that final but yeah they went on to really kick on um, for the rest of that season Ryan Christian as you say that kind of read you know it sparked our season 5-0 away to Dundee 5-0 at home to Hearts and we kicked on and we got that Leipzig result you've covered Rosenberg there um, Natasha we got through by the skin of our teeth the last 32 of the competition um, because Rosenberg did as a turn um, they get the result against Salzburg that they did we needed to go for the second place and we got drawn against the Valencia I made the trip over to, to the Messiah I don't know if you went over mm-hmm. there yep. um, the weather was nice the, the atmosphere it was decent away up in the top of that mm-hmm. stadium um, mm-hmm. bit bizarre but it is the middle of the, the housing scheme and all that the police weren't so very nice with us you could say um, probably a wee bit uh, more tetchy that I've been following Celtic away in Europe, especially the walk up with the ground. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think we'd sold the jersey in the home game at Celtic Park, two 0 Um we went over to, to Messiah. Brendan Rogers had did a chat at my university on the Monday. I'd spoken to him just as he was leaving and I told him I was gonna he said enjoy the game. It was the last time I seen him because he disappeared <laughs> the next week down the road to, to Leicester. Um we played fairly okay up until a point. <laughs> and the Messiah, and that was us again. Didn't take our chances. I think Roger had a big, big chance over there. Um, and that was us out in our backside in Europe. And then we know the story that happens after that. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it was, it was a relatively good trip. Nice city, um, nice place, nice weather. Um, I'm sure plenty of people remember a, a good night in the Valencia St. Patrick's Supporters Club. Um, that was a good one. We had a great night after the game, by the way. Fantastic. It was great, though. It's a, it's a good place to so shout out to Valencia St. Patrick's Supporters Club for that one. Um, great, but yeah, like you, you say, the game itself, I mean, we were already done before we got there having lost in the first leg like we did um, and it was never going to get any easier considering another early red card like we so often do by shooting ourselves in the foot in Europe and it was Toljan, wasn't it? Jeremy Toljan to Yellows. Yes. Another for the same of the squad. Yeah, the the same sort of thing. Just a stupid pullback. I think got his, his second mm-hmm. one, and there you are again. That's the sort of game done and dusted. And I think, to be honest, that the red card wasn't the the reason we we got beat. We'd already, you know, sold it like you said in in the first leg, and that yellow card, red card, was really the final 
nail in the coffin. And, you know, we, we looked all right as well, actually, even once we yeah. went down to 10. And we came out very attacking. I think we went that 3-4-3, three, three, um, playing okay. And when you look at the match stats, like I did just before we came on, because we knew we were talking about it, you know, they had 15 shots on goal. You know, to only concede one with 10 men suggests that we've, you know, defended relatively well, considering the position we found ourselves in. Um, but on the on the flip side, you know, we had 14 shots on ty- on goal um, and we didn't score. So that's not clinical enough to, to get you through a, a European tie. And yeah, the, the wait for a knockout victory continued. Yeah, new for a knockout victory continues. It was I with a big chance. I just looked back there. Uh, I think it was a header. It was on the volley or something. I can't mind. Um, but yeah, it was a big chance that we had. But as you say, I think Scott Bean said one of his better performances mm-hmm. in a Celtic jersey, if I remember that night and the, the, the heat. But yeah, that was us again. And we know the story of the season. Um, after that, obviously, Brendan Rodgers departs the club. Nearly then comes in to take us at, at Tynecastle and we go on to get the the league and the treble in the bag um, under Neil Lennon but yeah an interesting season for Celtic and Europe not with a lot of great highs in it it's been one of our probably most recent disappointing ones like there has been and as you say the wait for that knockout tie uh, victory continues maybe this season we never know and um, just but, <laughs> yeah well I don't think you'd have some of those disasters under Ange Postecoglou but hey ho um Thanks to everyone for, for tuning in. As always, I see that Danielle's not keeping too well in the, the comments, so I think everyone acts so much. She said all the best, and she's one of our usual contributors. Thanks to everybody that's watched. If you have watched the video, please give us a like. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the channel. And thank you to Natasha and Patrick for joining me. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.